special live edition of Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law, and we are Village Vice. As we recap Auburn's second win of the season, they improved to 2-0 in dramatic fashion because nothing's ever easy, but that's what makes it fun, and that's what makes it worth celebrating. Auburn beats Cal 14-10, to and... Brad, your initial thoughts. You saw it firsthand uh, on the broadcast team. Your initial thoughts uh, after this crazy, weird, bizarre Saturday night game. Somehow they found a way. That's my initial, that's my whole takeaway from this is somehow they were able to find a way. The defense kept forcing turnovers. They kept making stops. Um, and the offense finally got it done. And it doesn't matter. You know, the, I think the coaches going in, thought that they were going to have to win the game 31 to 28 or 28 to 27. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody right. expected the, the, you know, if you took the over or the, the under last night, you were confident pretty early on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Finding a way to win that game, I, I think can do a lot for you down the road, but that was just my initial takeaway. Like we've seen teams just not be able to find a way to get on, get to the top of the mountain. And they were able to last night. Yeah, I, I think that's a key point because this is a situation where so many people nationally picked you to lose. And so you go out and find a way to win. I don't care how you win. Yeah. You won. And I think all the issues that made it an ugly game are very fixable. Yeah. Peyton Thorne's not going to just give the ball away via a fumble on the sideline that should have been, you know, a scoop and score technically uh, to open the game. Like, that's not going to happen again. Yeah. And Brad, like the the cadence with the revolving quarterback situation. Yeah. I think they're eventually going to figure that out. It may not be Samford. It may not happen this weekend, but I do think they'll eventually figure out what the proper rotation is. Mm -hmm. And also just the communication part of that, like as far as communicating what the play needs to be, that's a very bizarre thing that we'll, we'll, we'll touch on, I'm sure. But a win is a win. Yeah. And that's all you needed to do. Sure, you didn't cover, but Auburn didn't care about that. They, yeah. I mean, you, you see all these guys, all these videos of them in the locker room after the game. They were stoked because yeah. this team fought their tails off and they ended up winning when a lot of people picked against them. And so uh, I, I'm with you and it's easy to be frustrated because it wasn't pretty, but who cares? You're 2-0 and and a lot of teams in the SEC struggled over the course of the weekend and, and are not 2-0. and And I think yeah. that's worth holding on to. Only three SEC teams, I believe, only three conference teams have wins over Power Five conference opponents uh, through the first two weeks, well, two and a half weeks of the season. Tennessee beat Virginia. I don't know how much you really count that, given how Virginia is struggling this year. Mississippi State beat Arizona in overtime right. at home. Overtime at home. It's and then Auburn went on the road. Auburn's the only one to do it in a road game. So... Um, Cal may not finish in the top half of the Pac-12 this year. They may not. I think they may have a top tw a top half of the league defense. Sure. But they probably won't finish in the top half of the Pac-12. Pac-12 is pretty good this year. Um, but it's a road win, a true road game, a win. This does not remind me of last year's Missouri game. I, I saw some Thank reaction. you. Thank you for saying that. I feel like yeah. I've been on an island, Brad. <laughs> it's not the same. Missouri last year put themselves by their play in position to win the game, then they bungled it themselves. Auburn didn't really, as much as I wanted to absolutely, you celebrate every win, and I believe that, and I said sure. as much last year. You celebrate every win. Um, 
as much as you'd like Auburn to take the credit for winning the game proactively last year against Missouri, that was not the case. That's what's different about this win is Auburn made the plays offensively, finally, that it had to make to go on top and stay there. They made the plays defensively. They forced the fumbles. Yes. They made the interceptions. Yes. They proactively made the plays. Now, they didn't miss the kicks, but they forced other issues. Um, and I think they affected those kicks, even if they didn't get hands on them and, and block them. But clearly, Jalen Simpson and the pressure Auburn was getting from the outside um, – had to affect the kicker at least a little bit, I think. So I don't yeah, think maybe, those two yeah. games are, are, are comparable at all. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The only way it's similar to me to the Missouri game last year is that first turnover that should have not been called dead. It should have been returned for a touchdown. It was not. Yeah. And that, I think that's kind of similar. You know, that's the team. The team that Auburn was playing and barely beat, they should have had an extra touchdown on the board, and, and they didn't. Uh, but then, you know, who, who's to say – Who's to say the game doesn't develop differently after that? So right. I, I don't know. I don't know. And a lot of the early calls for Auburn, I'm okay at looking past them because they weren't normal situations. Like Auburn finding themselves so deep every single time they got the ball in the first half, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. You're going to call plays differently. You can't just run your full offense when you're standing in your end zone, you just yeah. can't, you've got to be more conservative with the ball, especially if you believe you have a better team yeah. than the opposing team. And I, and I think Auburn certainly had a better roster than Cal did. And so I'm okay looking past that. It's the stuff that happened afterwards where it's like, okay, how does this impact the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. And it may not impact it at all, Brad, you know, there's a chance that what happened last night, what happened Saturday night is an isolated incident. It's yeah. a weird game. It's a weird, it felt like a fever dream. You're in California. You never really go over there. Who knows? Who knows if what we saw Saturday can impact the rest of the season? Well, and that's what we talked about last week, about a college football season is both an episodic drama and a serial drama at the same time. Each game stands alone. It's crazy how smart you are. And because <laughs> I use multisyllabic words, episodic. Where, drama oh, Brad Law. Look at me. Yeah, well, buttons on my shirt and syllables in my words. Take that. So, um, uh, you know, just like you could not reasonably expect Auburn's offensive line to put up the kind of efficiency it did against UMass. And I'm talking about the no pre-snap penalties, no pressures allowed. Right. You, could, you can't reasonably expect that to be the case 10 more times this season. In the same yes. way, you cannot reasonably expect even the most negative fan cannot reasonably expect a fumble on the first possession of the game, multiple fumbles from running backs. Um, I just don't think you can expect those things to happen consistently throughout the year. Every game, you take the things from each game that are dependent upon the individual matchups in that game, right. and then you right. correct the individual mistakes from that game. Hey, the next game, the Sanford's game, Sanford game, they're going to be better in some of the areas they weren't so good at at Cal. And they may have some mistakes in the Sanford game that they didn't make against Cal. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. hope not, but sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, mentally, I'm sure mentally there was a lot of extra juice going in there because clearly they were impacted emotionally, they being Auburn, by you know what Jade Knott said. We talked about that on our, our show last week. And clearly, um, you know, with some of the posts and things like that, like, they knew he said it, right? They used it as motivation. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. So uh, you're not going to have that for Sanford. 
you're yeah. probably not going to have that for AM. I think there's a chance they're more level-headed against AM because now they've done it, right? They've yeah. done it. They were supposed to beat Cal. I think there's a different type of feeling when they're not, depending on who you ask, most people nationally for sure will say they're not supposed to beat AM in two yeah. weeks, right? We may feel differently. And in fact, you know, I picked Auburn to lose that game going into the season. I may yeah. change that after what I saw AM do against Miami, right? Yeah, like give, I may change give, my thought on that. Giving them nearly half a hundred at Miami, uh, which is not the most intimidating team offensively in the country. That's a good, that's a really good point. Um, I wonder if some of those projections change after what everybody else nationally saw, but we, we got some time to get there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We'll take our time getting there for sure. I, I want yeah. I, I to mention this. All right. Go ahead. Talk about what we can't reasonably expect. And this is what uh, New Tiger 3. And we pre, we love the comments, guys. If you have questions, comments, we're going to work them in. That's what the live show is all about. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, and also, New Tiger 3, if you know where New Tiger 1 and New Tiger 2 are, please, feel free to invite them as well. <laughs> sure. We'll take all kind of New Tigers. Can't reasonably expect even to perform that well. That's a great question. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do either. Um, I think it depends I think the on, way the front seven played, I think that's the thing that translates the most. Yeah. As far as wherever you play, wherever you strap them up at. And look, I think the biggest difference from the defense from week one to week two is a guy that we talked about. Eugene Asante changed that defense. Changed that defense, Brad Law. He did. And he did it stopping the run. He did it getting into the backfield and putting pressure on the quarterback again. Did it with his speed. Did it with his instincts. He is, and I heard you you talk about this on your uh, recap show when I was listening. I don't remember which airport I was in, but I was in one of the airports I was in today. It's been a long day for Brad Law. Listening to it, um, that he is clearly linebacker one. He is the leading, the, the best linebacker on the team, and he's That's great. He's he's having a ball, and he's flying around. He's a smart guy really good football IQ and he's getting a chance to show what he can do. And I, you know, let's hope he stays healthy uh, because he makes the Auburn defense. He, his one eleventh makes the defense just a whole lot better. Yeah. And look, he led Auburn in tackles and he had one of the better like PFF ratings on the team. He did a lot of things numbers wise, yeah. but one thing that does not show up in a stat sheet for Eugene Asante is the energy and belief yeah. he brought to that front seven. You yeah. cannot quantify that. It, it impacts others. It spills over and it affects others for sure. That's right. That's right. Look, there's a lot of ought puns in the live chat, <laughs> but I think you ought to consider wagering with my bookie. As a better you demand perfection, and my bookie delivers NFL, college football, they've got a brand new cash out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. Hopefully, you didn't listen to me and say Auburn's going to cover, and Auburn's <laughs> going to hit the over. Hopefully you didn't listen to me when you went over to my bookie. But check out the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. Use promo code next round when you head over to MyBookie.ag to sign up. Free account. Then when you're ready to make that deposit, use promo code next round. You'll get a little extra cheddar added, and you'll also get a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. It is not a Golden Flake chip. It is a casino chip to use, but still good. Still good. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Uh, I think Kyle says it beautifully here, Zach. Defense had its back against the wall the entire game. 
Cal scored one touchdown. All right, they missed kicks, but the reason they were in a position to kick field goals is because the defense stood up when they needed to stand up. And Hugh Freeze talked about that before the game. They said, you know, I, I think we're going to have to outscore them. And I, he thought it was going to be a higher scoring game, but he said the key is going to be stopping them in the red zone. They're right. going to move the ball. Can you stop them from getting touchdowns when they get into the red zone? And that was an emphasis. And Auburn was able to do that. It was the key. Well, one of the keys defensively to win in the game. Well, and, and ironically, that's not actually what happened. I mean, Cal took over in Auburn's territory four times last night, and they scored three points. They scored three points. Outside of that, they had one drive, Brad. They had one offensive drive outside of that. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it just it is what it is. Um, so, I don't know. Like, there's a chance Cal's not a good football team. Like, let's just – and I got some pushback when I said yeah. that on my reaction show, Brad, but we don't know. Like you we said – like. And I think the rest of their conference is better this year. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. At the end of the year, I don't know in wins and losses if you'll be able to quantify how much better. I think their defense is in the top half of that league. I mean, I haven't watched. Maybe. I don't maybe. watch on a Pac 12 after dark. I'm, you know, but yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't think they're going to contend for the league championship or anything like that. I'll say this I thought their offense took a little bit of a, a step back when Finley came out. And Jackson went in at quarterback. I thought he's he's much more athletic, but in the passing game, he's nowhere near as accurate. Were you guys in the broadcast team ever told why they didn't start their starter when he was available to play? No. They never really touched on that on the TV broadcast either. I was like, that's a really important detail. They didn't ever really, like when they were talking about Finley, they didn't really talk about him being the backup quarterback either. Right. And like, so a lot of people watching probably thought that Finley was a starter and he got benched. Like, if you're a casual fan watching that and weren't following mm -hmm. kind of the drama up to it, it's a little odd. Yeah. That was a little odd decision, both, um, I, I guess, from the from the cow side of things, but it is what it is. Whatever. I wonder if I, I may be overthinking it a little bit, Zach, but I wonder if they were just trying to, if that was gamesmanship. Uh, Auburn's been preparing for Jackson, so let's throw Finley out there for a couple of series to start the game. And yeah, maybe they had, they had short fields, so maybe they were. And they, you know what? The very first play was the play action deep ball um, that they they threw, and I believe it was against K and Lee. They went right after him on the first play after the turnover, short field. So maybe they thought, let's throw him. They won't be expecting him, and and he's a more accurate downfield passer. Canley is so good. <laughs> he is so good. And I was texting with some folks while they're doing it. It's like, man, Canley's off tonight. I'm like, what are you talking about? The kid's a freshman, and he's being asked to play starting corner opposite DJ James. And just a spoiler, offenses are not going to throw DJ James a lot because he gets interceptions. We saw that. We yeah. saw that last night. Or bats the ball down. Like, you just don't see DJ get beat a whole lot. So they're going to go after the freshman. And the yeah. fact that he was able to stand his own – Ross yeah. to Kay and Lee, man. I mean, he was, I thought he was exceptional last night. So um, I'm glad you brought him up, Brad. As far as standouts, Eugene Asante, certainly yeah. one of them. Rivaldo Fairweather may have saved Auburn's season last night because mm. if they lose, if he doesn't take over that drive where Auburn would eventually add that go ahead touchdown to their tally on the scoreboard. Yeah. I don't know if Auburn wins. You know, he it was at third and 13, something like that, third and 12, where he kind of, Hauled in the acrobatic catch to, to haul in an underthrown pass by Peyton Thorne. Yeah. Draws defensive pass interference two or three plays later. 
And then, you know, he, he mosses a dude in the corner of the end zone on a fade from Peyton. It's like if those three plays don't happen in that right. order, in that amount of time, Auburn may not have won yesterday. Right. No, without question. Uh, Donovan Kaufman is another standout for me. Uh, another really strong game. Incredible. From Kaufman. He forced another fumble. He finished with, what, what he had eight tackles in the game? Uh, four solos, a, a forced fumble, and he recovered the fumble. Uh, as Brad, well. Donovan Kaufman's PFF score was a 91.2. Yeah. You don't see many 90s. No. And he, he's off to an incredible start to this season. Uh, I'll give you another one, too. We talked about the need for linebackers, and Eugene Asante was not the only guy who had a really good game. I, I thought I thought Larry Nixon brought it sure. last night. Um, had five tackles, a quarterback hurry, and – I think it was Larry that had the stop on fourth down where they tried to run it up the middle and he just, he came right up the middle and blasted the guy and stopped him on fourth down. And, yeah. you know, you got to have the, without keys, you must have the linebackers stand up and it can't just be uh, Asante that does it. And so I, I thought Nixon played a good game. Nixon actually played one more snap than Asante. So you got to wow. think that the coaching staff likes what they've seen from Larry Nixon for sure. But yeah. Those two guys are the dudes, right? And then when Cal scored their lone touchdown and were starting to drive, I want to call people out, but I'm going to. But the linebackers were Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see what that personnel situation looks like when they go to Texas A&M. But I expect we'll see a lot more Eugene Asante and Larry Nixon. But can those guys play 80 snaps? I don't know. I don't know. You saw you saw the previous staff play linebackers that much. I don't think that's an ideal or a sustainable situation. And so Eugene played 62 snaps. Larry Nixon played 63. That's probably good. That's yeah. probably the that's probably around where you want it. And then you sprinkle in 20 snaps here and there with the other guys, but we'll see. Agreed. We'll see what that looks like. Brad, we're getting a lot of questions about the quarterback situation. Yeah. All right. Before we start talking about quarterbacks. I got to tell you about lanceslock.com. Lanceslock.com. Right now is the time. Now it's NFL's here, college football. So it's here. If you haven't done it yet, this is the time to get the best price on the monthly and the annual packages. Sign up today to get the best deal. Lanceslock.com. Do not go into week three of the college football season or week two or even Monday night football this week without first going to lanceslock.com. The, the quarterback situation, I was mu very much a fan of it with the way they handled Robbie and his packages and when they put him in the game against UMass. Mm -hmm. It felt very different against Cal. If you want to use Robbie for a play or two because you think you, you want to run it or have the threat of running it to open something else up because you've seen something on film, I'm all for it. Yeah. But Saturday night, it felt like they put him in because it wasn't working with Peyton mm -hmm. and the offense was slow and they put him in out of like desperation. And that's not good for Auburn. Yeah. That's not good for Peyton. And that's not good for Robbie. Yeah. The way that they handled it Saturday night. It was a lose, lose, lose situation with how they handled it. And if you don't have a certain plan within the game plan on how you're going to use Robbie, you don't need to do it. Because yeah. it's going to hurt. The, it, I mean, you wasted several drives doing that. Robbie did not look good in any situation. And I just don't think that that's how you should do it. I don't think that's how you should rotate these quarterbacks. 
I think you're I, I think you're all over the concept and it's probably just semantics. I wouldn't go as far as to say desperation, but I would say trying to find something that was working because you don't think there's any like, desperation halfway through the second quarter for Auburn's offense. I don't I don't think halfway through the second quarter, I wouldn't call it desperation. I would just go, all right, this isn't working. Peyton's but I think now what I'm again, it's really just semantics. I don't think it's sure. I don't think it's far off. Um, I'm just kind of parsing words, I guess, a little bit. But I think it is different from the UMass game, whether uh, where it was intentional. Um, and Zach will be back with us here in, in just a little bit. But yeah, I thought the use of Robbie in the UMass game was intentional, whereas there were some instances where it was intentional in the first half of the game, but there were more instances really through the first three and a half quarters of the game where it was, all right, that's not working. So let's see what else we can do. Maybe this will work. And I thought when I thought Cal's defense to its credit, Justin Wilcox, defensive coach, sure. He coached his guys to focus on exactly what we saw from Robbie in the UMass game. And I thought what we saw against Cal was incredibly similar to the play calling, the formations, and what they tried to run with Robbie um, from the week before. And so the defense was ready. They were keying in on it. And, you know, the one time you saw, I don't, was Robbie in the game? Yes. So there was there was one series where Auburn had Robbie plus two tailbacks in the game. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Cobb was one of those. And I believe, was was it Robbie that was in at the quarterback spot when they tried the reverse I don't remember some 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 of the folks who were I, I don't I don't think he was actually. Okay. You think that was Peyton? I think so. All right. I'm well, pretty sure Peyton was in. I haven't been able to do a rewatch yet, but yeah, that's one thing I, I will look for. I haven't either, and I'll look for that too. But sure. um yeah, when when you have Robbie plus two running backs, I thought that was the first time we saw a, a different wrinkle. And they were productive to begin that drive. And then yeah. the Cal defense made some adjustments and and kind of stymied it. But um, yeah, I thought they were really keyed in on what Robbie was in there to do. Yeah, Robbie played 14 snaps. Two of them were passes. Um, and I, I just it just didn't look good. He had the lowest offensive rating of any player on Auburn's mm-hmm. team from Saturday night. And I don't think that's a Robbie problem. Yeah. I think that's a how... I think he did what he was asked, and I don't think he was put in a situation to succeed. It felt very much like the situation Robbie was asked to you know, perform in last year. And yeah. if we're going to call out the previous coaching staff for how they use Robbie, we're going to call out this one too. I mean, I think it's only yeah. fair. And so you got to put your guys in situations to succeed. In the ways that they were rotated in and out, Peyton didn't benefit from it because he couldn't get into a groove. Yeah, And then Robbie couldn't. When they put Robbie in, they were asking him to run the full offense, and that's not, Robbie's not. That's not his strength. It's yeah. just not. And I don't kind of don't get the vibe they're really doing a whole lot of that in practice. So I just don't really get it. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Also, he, I mean, just I'm sorry, Brad, but just the whole yeah. like keeping everybody wants to hate on Peyton Thorne today, which huh. I think is ridiculous. Peyton Thorne, I mean, you talk about asking and putting your players in situations to succeed. We talked about this when TJ Finley started, and then it was really weird when they put Robbie Ashford in or whatever, which is fine. Robbie Robbie did a good job, I think, in that small sample size before TJ got hurt. But in the third quarter, Peyton Thorne didn't throw a pass. 
your starting quarterback yeah. didn't throw a pass, Brad. Well, how Auburn only had the ball. How does that make sense? Well, but but yeah, but Auburn also only had the ball like five plays in the whole third quarter. I don't care. One <laughs> of those five needs to be a pass from your starting quarterback. That's uh, yeah. That I, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Yeah, Auburn's pass offense. They had ninety-four yards, and only attempted seventeen passes. Didn't Peyton attempt seventeen passes by himself in basically two and a half quarters? Against UMass, UMass. Yeah, was 10, 10 for 17. 17 right? Yeah. So right. the the play calling, I, I thought there was a real, and somebody mentioned Jarquez. He had 11 carries, 53 yards. That's almost five yards a carry. But it didn't really seem like he got five yards a carry. Auburn did not. Which I'm fine with, by the way. Yeah. They did not get, they just didn't have a lot of plays, number one. And it looked like they were bound and determined. They thought they could push Cal's defensive line around. They thought they could run the ball, and they looked like they were bound and determined to try and run the ball last night. And it just so happened that, you know, if you have 40 carries in a game, or, or what did it turn out? 38 carries. Eight of those were Peyton Thorne, and only about three of them were design runs. He was sacked three times. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of eyeball those numbers and go 34-35 called running plays. You would expect in a normal game, if you have 35 runs, you're going to have about 25 maybe to 30 passes in the game. And they just didn't have the total plays. They didn't. They didn't. And I didn't hate the mindset where they came out and ran it on first and second down with Jarquez, and then they didn't convert on third down. It was like third and medium. Then they did the same thing. Didn't convert on third down. Yeah. And then they went away from that. Yeah. Which I'm a fan of running it on first down. I'm cool with that. I know some people aren't. Whatever. I think when you've got the running backs and the belief in the offensive line that I still think this coaching staff will have, I'm okay with running it on a first down. But they went away from that. They went away from it then after that. And they started putting Robbie in too much. And it's like, what do we do? Like, what was the plan? Yeah. Did you not account for, like, if this didn't work? Like, it's just everything that we've been told and seen about Hugh Freeze in the previous stops. Yeah. What we saw Saturday night was not, it didn't match. And I don't think it's a reason to freak out. Yeah. But it is interesting. I was shocked, Brad. I was shocked with what we saw offensively Saturday night. I was surprised they were never able to get some deep balls downfield. And I don't know again because I haven't gone back and done the rewatch yet how much of that you chalk up to Cal's secondary. But Cal's secondary has been suspect for a while now. And they were suspect even against North Texas. I mean, they right. they stuffed North Texas because it's North Texas and because they got turnovers in the second half. Um yeah. But North Texas hit a couple of big pass plays. Yesterday, uh, last night's game, Jay Fair caught two balls. Javarius caught one. That's it from your wide receivers. Wide receiver catches in the game, three. Now, again, we've just talked about how the passing game was limited anyway, and Auburn only attempted 17 passes the entire game. But they only had three catches by true wide receivers if you keep Fairweather in the tight end category. That's crazy. I didn't really think about that. So Shane Hooks didn't have – was Shane Hooks targeted? Uh, I don't see targets on this stat sheet, but he didn't – I'm not sure. I know Jair Shorter was targeted once. Amari Kelly was targeted, but but didn't make it. PFF does not have Shane Hooks being targeted. That's a problem, right? Like, Does that make sense? 
Well, but again, without the rewatch, I have to go back and see what was the coverage like? Were they just jamming him? Were they staying with him? And if they're staying with him, then that's a little concerning too, because you got to think he's got to get some separation. Here's the targets. Rivaldo Fairweather was targeted four times, three okay. catches. You take that. Damari targeted twice, two catches. I believe both those were behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Jay Fair, four targets, two catches. Javarius, a target, no catch. Jarquez, three targets, two catches. Those were all probably behind the line of scrimmage, I think. Yep. Amari Kelly was targeted once, a very questionable um, fourth and two, mm-hmm. and you didn't convert. You went back shoulder there. And then uh, Jair Shorter was targeted once and didn't haul it in. So it's just interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because the storyline about the receiving game was there's so many dudes, they're going to spread it out. And that's just not what we've seen two weeks into the season. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, uh, and again, I'll be surprised if it stays that way. But then again, I was awfully surprised through a, through a game in three quarters that Rivaldo didn't have a catch yet. And then he finally did. So, you know, one of our shows we did before the start of the season was so many guys and only one football and only one play at a time and only right. you know, 60 or so plays maybe throughout the course of a game. And so uh, if defenses keep the ball and they keep you from getting into a rhythm, that again, to kind of go back to the standout. Oh, I'm sorry, Brad. I'm getting a message that okay. Shane Hooks had a target on the interception. Ah, okay. He did. Yeah, he batted yes, he it did. up. I don't know why PFF didn't chart that because that one was pretty obvious, right? It hit yeah. his hands. Yeah. Which I didn't think, like, it wasn't a good throw, but Shane Hooks should have caught that. Yes, that's, I, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll go 50-50 on that. Sure. I mean, it's not a great situation, but. Right. But you if know. you get your hands on it, Shane would probably say he should have caught it. I mean, if he can catch one-handed passes in the back of the end zone on a scrimmage and we publicize the heck out of that play, which we should have, it was incredible. Yeah. Probably should catch that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I cut wrong. you off. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Um, Drop the questions in the live chat while Brad's sharing this thought. <laughs> I don't even – yeah, you know what, though? I'm not in any frame of mind to – like, my train of thought will get derailed very easily. So Sure. I'm gonna, That's fine. I'm going to wait 39 of the last 40 hours, so – but man, the radio broadcast sounded great, Brad Law. It sounded fantastic. Do you think? All right, T just asked this question, and so it's recency bias. It just came up. How much does Auburn miss Chick? Chick Dawson. Yeah, what yeah. he had two touchdowns for Colorado yeah. against Nebraska. But there was a reason he left Auburn. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think. I think it was pretty mutual. I don't think like the coaching yeah. staff was begging him to stay based on my understanding of the situation. Uh, I think we have several Chick Dawson's, mm-hmm. right? Like, is he going to play over Javarius Johnson or Jay Fair? He wasn't. He wasn't, right. So I, I don't know. He probably made the right decision based yeah. off of Saturday. I would guess that he made the right decision there. Uh, Jay Fair is another guy I don't think we mentioned in the standouts. We probably but- should. We pr- absolutely should. I thought the play to him on the, the drag route, the touchdown, was absolutely terrific. He lined up in the slot, and there was no there was nobody over him. So the safety comes over, <clears throat> and then Cal's defense makes an adjustment. They move a linebacker over to cover him. That's mistake number one. Sure. You had to be, you know, you had to be really excited to see that. But it also cleared out the middle of the it, – it not only put a linebacker on him in coverage, but it also cleared out the middle of the field and opened up that 
running lane for him once he made the catch. It was just a really fluid, well-designed play, well-executed play that began with no coverage on mm -hmm. Jay. Uh, and he made the catch and then did work after he made the catch. So, uh, Hey, I uh, want to highlight this comment, Brad. David Wonderlick, buddy of mine from high school. Um, our receivers are better, but we don't have Shadur Sanders, and our play calling has just been worse in Colorado's. Up to this point, yeah, I think David's spot on. Yeah, I think David's spot on. So yeah, it's it certainly worked better. It didn't look like they were dominating that game against Nebraska, and then you look up and boy, sure enough, they did. It yeah, was they're all over them. Yeah. They're must watch TV. If Auburn's not playing, I'm watching Colorado for sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, we'll uh we'll stay live for a few more minutes, guys. We'd love to answer some questions or react to um, the comments. Mr. Beautiful, love the interception to basically seal the game. DJ James. Yeah. He's him. DJ yeah. James is so good. How many He's times so good. How many times is the receiver that DJ is is going to be up against going to get targeted? It's not going to happen very much. And there's going to be teams where Auburn plays when DJ James is on somebody that they're going to yeah. have to they're going to have to involve that receiver into their game plan, you know. Just because they're their number one guy, and that matchup's going to make or break a few games in conference play, I think, yeah. for sure. For sure. Uh, Kyle with another question. Um, Kyle, that is a very cute dog. I'm assuming that is your dog. Yeah. Very precious. Um, Kyle saying, are y'all concerned that the Cal fans affected the play calling? They seemed a little out of sync. I can't imagine, and Brad, you were there. I was not. But I can't imagine the atmosphere was relative to anything they'll see in conference play this year. No, it was nowhere close to anything Peyton saw in the bigger games that he's played at Michigan State. Uh, it was not like Ohio State or, or Michigan or Penn State. I asked Peyton a couple weeks ago, what was the toughest environment that he played in at Michigan State? He said is Ohio State, Penn State. Those are the top two. Um, this was nowhere close to that. And obviously, Robbie last year was in some really menacing environments. This was nothing like that. I think, if anything, play calling being out of sync, some of the credit goes to Cal's defense, um, and some of it just goes to, you know what, you're still learning, you're still trying to get into a groove all the way around. And when the game starts with a turnover on the first series, maybe there's a, maybe there's a tendency to press a little bit after that. Maybe you play a little tight. I don't know. Maybe you play a little bit tighter after that for a little while. Um, I, I think it's reasonable that maybe that's what we saw last night. Did Noah Igmanogany just do something? I think Noah Igmanogany may have just done something. <clears throat> Hope so. That'd be great. For the Cowboys? Oh. Uh, I'm, I, I got tagged in a few things. It said Noah Igmanogany, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know. If somebody's watching that game, let us know. Uh, Barando <laughs> says, <clears throat> just want to know <clears> – <throat> gosh, sorry, guys – Running out of voice here. Just want to know how we can call Cal a bad team when we have all these transfers, new coaches, et cetera, and say we should win no questions asked when all national outlets have us winning five to six games. Brando, I think there's a few elements to this. Mm -hmm. One is I don't care how bad off Auburn is as a program. They should always beat Cal. Always. There's no, there's no like variables that impact that. Auburn football should always beat Cal in football. Always. And it should be to a point where it's not really like a questionable thing. 
The other thing, and I saw a lot of this Saturday night. And look, I, you can think whatever you want. I'm not trying to change your mind. You're asking me. I'll give you my opinion. Brad, you can react to my opinion or give your own, whatever. But the storyline and narrative that, hey, hold on. It's early in the Hugh Freeze era. Brand new coaches. Brand new scheme. Bunch of new transfers. Give them time. Cool. That's fine. That's not a bad take. But when you look at Colorado and what they're doing, kind of makes you wonder, what, are, what is Dion doing that's so much different than what Hugh Freeze is doing in practice? Once again, I think Auburn will get better over the course of the season. Yeah, Shadur was part of Colorado's program in spring. Peyton Thorne was not. That's a big factor. I get it. I get it. But some of the play calling, I don't think that was a newness thing. Because I think the I think the team ran the play that was called. Yeah. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I don't know if this has anything to do with newness, Barando. That's just my thoughts. Okay. That's just my thoughts on it. Do you think if if Auburn had played TCU on the road and Nebraska at home? in back-to-back -back weeks. Do you think they would be 2-0? and No. I don't. Do you? I don't know. I think I both of those teams are better than Cal. I asked that question without thinking about it. And that, that was, that was going to be my follow-up to that, is if Cal played TCU and Nebraska, you think both of them would beat Cal? Yeah. I'm not so sure about that. I would like to see a Cal-Nebraska game. Sure. Well, we agree TCU would beat them. Can we agree on that? That TCU is a better team than Cal. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I buy that. Okay. All right. Then we may just be totally off on this. I'll give you Nebraska. I, I think but, Cal and Nebraska are similar. Sure. But I'm not saying that Cal would beat TCU either. I just don't. Know I understand. That. Yeah, I understand. TCU, and it's because of the unknowns of TCU. But that's kind of off on a uh, off on a tangent. Uh, did anybody uh, loot? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's yeah. Awful Houston. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to read them before you read them out loud, Brad. Well, I thought, you know what? I did. I glanced at it and I thought, anybody have any good stories from <laughs> Cali? And I will give Cal this. They had a drone show. Sure. Halftime was a drone show. That was really unique. It was very interesting. And they also have a hill on the opposite side of their stadium. We could see it from the press box. And people go out there and watch the game um, when they don't want to buy a ticket to get in the stadium. So it's, had some character. Hey, um, I can't read this username, but they ask a good question. How much is Hugh letting Philip Montgomery have too much control? Does Hugh step in more now after seeing how poorly prepared we were? Um, I think that's a storyline. I think that's a storyline moving forward. If I had to guess, nothing changes. Maybe how they prepare and maybe make sure they're on the same page. Um, but I still would guess that Philip Montgomery is going to call plays primarily. Well, and I would also say you're not you're not trying to swing the pendulum too far one way or the other, right? We go back to not overreacting, and yeah, right. just like you're not putting Auburn in the in the playoff championship game after the win over UMass, you're not all of a sudden relegating Auburn to five and seven or six and six if you had an eight or nine win projection based on one game. Yeah. Auburn will not play the way it played against UMass for the next 10 games. Auburn will not play the way that it played against Cal the next 10 games. It's just not going to happen mm -hmm. that way. Right. 
Right. All right. Great stuff, guys. Remember, we're going to do this right. every Sunday at seven o'clock. Um, hopefully, we're recapping wins. I got a feeling next week we will as well. Um, you want to take this question, Brad? No, I just I, I thought it was a good point. I wanted to put it up there um, because we had another question about Jarquez looking uh, rusty or, or ineffective. Again, he averaged nearly five yards a carry. He had just 11 carries. They were absolutely making it a focus to give the ball to him early on in the game. Yeah. And I think the more he plays, the more in sync he gets and, and the better he is able to, to perform. Yeah, and, and I when I saw Jarquez, I didn't think he was off, right? right. I mean, th he, he's been practicing with the ones yeah. for a long time. So it's not like he just started, you know, like, rejoined the team last week. He's been yeah. with the ones for a while. So, but uh, cool. Brad, I think this about does it. All right. Uh, had a lot of fun. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching, for Absolutely. commenting. As uh, Zach said, we'll, we'll be back every Sunday night, 7 o'clock Central uh, with live game reactions. Until then, remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.